Hello, lovers. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting sensual for this one. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that you might have missed, the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji, aka Mr. Gone, and uh, I am a part-time, I don't know, crypto enthusiast and full-time game designer, I guess, these days. Uh, And with me, as always, is my good friend and card collector, Andrew Patterson. How's it going? Good. Exciting times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe more on the game design stuff uh, in a later episode, but uh, yeah, I've gotten into some wild crypto-based game stuff and uh yeah i don't know what else to say about that uh but things more to come yeah more to come for (laughs) sure what i do know what to talk about though is uh our uh, media for the week and this week's uh hidden gem is a movie starring jesse eisenberg called vivarium and imogen poots oh yeah right uh I don't even know where to begin. Uh, if you don't like spoilers, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. But the movie is about a couple who goes to look for houses and on a lark walks into, uh, I guess, a store or a storefront. Like that a brokerage, like a real estate. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. Sorry. Go yeah, on. that uh, uh, is, uh, I guess, an agency that is attempting to sell these boxed homes in a in a community. Uh and they encounter a very odd and pushy real estate agent who says, just go see the house, you know, like I'll drive you out there right now. You just go see the house. And if it's not for you, like whatever, it's fine, but just go check it out. And they go and they get to this, uh, housing complex and then can never leave. Yeah. And then insanity continues to ensue, but that's essentially the premise for the movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, super creepy. I did like. I don't think there was really any s- real surprises. Like, I, I, uh, <clears throat> it's a, it's like one of those weird films that I feel like it's predictable, but like not in a way that ruins it. No, you know, I like, agree. I mean, even if you hadn't seen the trailer, you would know minutes into their interaction with the real estate guy probably that they were gonna something like they were going to get trapped somewhere like right. it just feel like um and there's also like the opening credits the opening scene is showing uh a cuckoo pushing the eggs out of a bird's nest and then like it growing up basically kind of almost like a time lapse style and the final sort of scene of that you see before the movie starts like the baby bird is like bigger than the mother bird like it looks like it's like it's trying to get food but it has the uh because of its size it looks like it's like eating the mother's head basically yeah and it like again if you weren't like a kid watching this movie which you probably shouldn't be right (laughs) you immediately are just like okay i get it you know like the symbolism is like too you you it sets you up to know what to kind of be thinking when you're watching the movie right but yeah, super cool. I really liked how unabashedly stylized it is. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like they didn't like. Uh, it feels like um, a future Criterion movie, just based on the fact that they just like didn't try to make it like hyper realistic or something. Like, no person that drove into the subdivision wouldn't immediately be like, "Oh, this is weird." But like the characters don't even really notice that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like. Uh, and the sky and everything like it's just so surreal it's really it's really cool how they did that yeah it's uh i mean there's pro- there's definitely layers to the movie and it, it it has a lot to say about a few things like parenting yeah. and uh p- perhaps suburb life and uh you know a couple other things but as you're watching the movie you the first time anyway you can't help but just feel a weird sense of uh dread and oh yeah um i don't know you're just you're waiting to figure out like okay so what what you know what's going on yeah 
and what I, to your point about the, the themes of the film, again, that's sort of the other thing. Like, I feel like it's very on the nose, but doesn't, but that doesn't ruin it. You're not like, oh, this is stupid. It's too obvious. Like, it's just like you're waiting for, you know, some sort of reveal or more information. And then there's a point that you'll reach in the movie where you're just like, oh, like there isn't really a reveal. Like you kind of realize that you've been like the journey is the point. Like you're all the things that you're waiting for is like the point of the movie. Because once again, I'll give you one more chance. Spoiler alert. It's like the whole thing is like this, the, the, the writer or the writer director. I'm not sure actually, I didn't do my research on that, but the creators of this movie, like it's clear that it's like a, a pretty scathing or like scathing maybe isn't the right word, but, uh, it's a commentary on the, this sort of, um, social, like, contract it's almost just like this is what you do you are a kid you go to school you it's like the fight club thing it's like you finish school you go to post-secondary school you finish that you meet somebody you get married you buy a house you have a kid you raise a kid you retire you die right right you you work at a job doesn't really matter like it's like what's the point of the whole thing like doing it in this this order and so yeah i mean even further than that though it's like you work at a pointless job yeah over and over again that may even eventually kill you 100 percent uh yeah for, for for very little you get home you're tired you're dirty whatever yeah and it it, it, it doesn't matter it takes end. away from your like your relationship with like the the people that you love like it's it's so smart even though nothing in it feels like groundbreaking or it's i don't know it's just the yeah. way it's packaged you're just like oh this is sick and like i i felt that that feeling of dread yeah and how initially i kind of you feel it because you're like oh you're this is like a horror movie you know and you feel like sort of horror movie dread but then in a sort of i guess like a meta way like that feeling of dread is the point like you're dreading the the filmmakers want you to feel dread at the idea at these ideas that uh are just very real things that everybody lives through like it's just like really calls into question whether like like is this what you want you know like is this uh, so yeah, it's, I, th- I just, I think it's like really smart and it's like not, you don't have to think too hard about it. Like, it's just like a very, like, I wouldn't say breezy cause it's f- super fucking creepy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was just like, it was like a really, I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking that looks interesting. And I was just like, yo, we should do this for the podcast. I bet it will be a gem. Like when, before it had even come out. Yeah. I, it was on my list too because. And then it took a while, but we eventually both saw it during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. I, I saw the the trailer and within like 10 seconds, I was just like, I, I like the premise. Yeah. You know, them being stuck in suburbia and, and with no way to escape. I mean, I, I like that premise, not even just suburbia, but just like fr- from a horror movie sort of sci-fi standpoint, when people it's are stuck scary. in like a, a loop of some kind or, you know, it, it, the horror equivalent of Groundhog Day. Yeah. Or Russian something. doll. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm in, yeah. you know? It combines like, your love of time travel movies yeah. and time travel stuff, kind of, even if it's not time travel, just the idea of being trapped. Or alternate realities. What was that movie, one of the first ones we did with the guy time from- Time Crimes? No, with a guy from um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Coherence? Coherence. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, exactly like that, you know? It's like one of these things where I'm immediately just sucked in because I want to know. You yeah, know. how it resolves. Yeah, and what they do with all the repetition and the 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 way that they introduce. I would compare this movie almost like to Mother in that they were able to condense such a broad concept, like the whole. Th- it's like living a life, basically. Yeah. Into not just like an hour and forty-five minute movie or something, but like even like less than that. Like they could, they condensed all of these things. There's something about it that like speaks to as like a visual communicator or like an artist or a designer, the idea of like getting a message across in like as little, you know, as concisely and clearly as possible is an aspect of filmmaking that I think as we've learned over this podcast, like over like the years, really like pacing is such a huge thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and there are all these different tools that people use like exposition or like to, to exp try to cram more in or explain things or make you understand things. And like, I think one thing that this movie did that mother also did is they took like the broadest possible concepts, like yeah. all of like history, you know, or an entire lifetime and all the things that somebody does in a lifetime. And they were able to like condense it to these moments. So clearly there's like, you know, if you're paying attention to this movie, there's no mistake what like every, there's not like a wasted scene basically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the second that he starts digging, like to me at least, like I felt like it was immediately clear what that was supposed to represent at that point in the movie. And I think that that's like, one of those things where I would like recommend this movie to anybody and why I think the movie's so good, even if parts of it are predictable because it, they just like, it's executed so intelligently. Like they just like the, the picturing like a, a, a room where they have like a board up and they're like, okay, here's all of the, th the things we want to touch on all the themes that we need to like, or all the points we need to hit in this theme. Let's think of like set pieces or, or like sequences that like, uh, you know, meet, each point that we want to make and it just like i don't know it's weird it's like it, it just seems like there was no too many cooks in the kitchen there was no bullshit nobody was like what if we did this it was just like a handful or just one person being like this is how we're doing it this is the easiest way to like get this idea across right and then they just fucking went for it and it's like it's amazing yeah yeah and i you know from a filmmaking standpoint i also appreciate that there are basically four characters in this movie right you know the the real estate agent the two main characters and then the kid who eventually grows up to be an adult and that's it you know it's like uh, i don't know if you ever saw the movie cube uh yeah. canadian movie but like there are not many people in that movie either and to be able to execute uh an interesting premise with a small cast and keep it sort of compelling throughout you know how you feel about the ending is almost immaterial to me but in this case anyway but the fact that like at every second of the movie i was like okay so now what yeah. okay so now what yeah and and you don't need giant set pieces you don't need um you know a huge cast of of like acclaimed stars it's just okay here are some people i have this idea go yeah you know and the reason i mentioned cube is it's very similar in that regard or coherence is another one that's yeah, very similar in that regard one, yeah it, it, the invitation yeah it's just the invitation a, is just like all in one house basically right uh, again also pretty small cast it, it, when when a good idea comes about i think that's like and it's executed correctly it's just fun to watch yeah for sure uh and visually it's it's unique i would say like it feels very like I can't really think of anything to compare it to, honestly, right now off the top of my head. Yeah, I will say that the visual style at first was a little jarring to me because I was like, is it intentionally supposed to be like weirdly, I don't know, not low budget, but like the, yeah, the animation sure. kind of looked off. And then I realized what they were doing and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, for, yeah, I think it's like, I mean, the mo the title says it all, basically, I think. Like, yeah. I think it's like... Uh, I, I do kind of like that they leave those elements up for discussion. Like, it's like you never really find out there's no, you know, they, they resist the urge to like go into some ridiculous backstory explaining what the vivarium is or like what the, the, where the real estate agent is from. Like you don't, you never find out those things. You just, right. you, you're kind of left with like, okay, they're like, I mean, the backstory Weird. is the movie at the beginning or like the time-lapsed. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just meant Essentially. like there was, no, there was no like voiceover or thing at the beginning or the end where it's just like in the late 70s, uh, like uh, yeah. unbeknownst to humans, like, a, you know, a race from like. Because it doesn't they, matter. It does, exactly. Yeah. They're just like, it, they leave it up to you to just be like, I don't know what the fuck these things are, but or th this, this guy is, but yeah. it's super it's super creepy. Like the TV, the TV channel that the kid always wants to watch. Like yeah. they just like, again, that's another perfect example where I don't, I feel like that was just like a decision they made where they were just like, this is what it's going to look like. 
and then they just did it. You yeah. know what I mean? They didn't overthink it. They weren't like, we need to, to explain this. Like, let's just make something that's really unsettling, and that will be the stand-in for this. Uh, but yeah, it's good. All right. Uh, okay. So now's the time that uh, for this film, anyway, we do a little love it or leave it. Uh, first item on my list, Jesse Eisenberg. Love it. I, oh, okay. It's weird. I think that he is one of those guys where when I think of Jesse Eisenberg, I think of like, he's like Michael Sarah in that I just think of the same character. Mm-hmm. But that, but I don't think that's fair because then when I think about it more, I think about all these movies that he's been in, like Social Network and Zombieland and Vivarium and fucking, uh, what is it called? Five minutes, 10 minutes or what is it? 10 minutes or less? What's that movie where... Oh, that was him, right? Yeah, and yeah. Danny McBride's in it, and then and uh, what's the other one? Um, American Ultra. You're you're leaving out a big one here that I would thought have been uh, would have been on the top of your list. That's not Social Network. Yeah, that's the top of my list for sure. But Adventureland. Oh right, yeah, yeah, and I like all those movies. So yeah. like I don't I don't, and I like and I, it's not like I just like the movie and he happens to be in it. Like I like the movie i think probably because he's in it and does like a good job so absolutely uh yeah i I think love it and i also think that like this movie like he was in the social network i feel like pretty early in his career in the scheme of things yeah and it's kind of like the uh like uh daniel radcliffe where like i'm not i i don't know i'm not saying that social network is like oh you've made enough money that you could just live off that and never act again. Yeah. But I feel like if you're in a movie that big, uh, early in your career or like Daniel Radcliffe with like Harry Potter, I love that. Like he does like guns akimbo and like horns and, uh, fucking Swiss Swiss army Army man Man. and all that kind of shit. Like I love seeing actors who, especially like young actors who, uh, not not to like put down uh, actors that don't do this, but I like when they like take risks. Like it's clear that they're just doing projects that like sound they think are, that sound interesting to them and are like projects that are probably not, uh, you know, they're not like award bait or like maybe like the biggest paycheck. It's just like, um, you know, that that's to say not like I know nothing about their career or their agents or what their the actual thinking is behind these choices. But as a fan of film, I'm like, oh, that's sick. Like, I love seeing I love seeing those because, you know, because it could flop like it could be terrible. Right. But like, it's just cool that you're it just kind of looks like you're having fun and you're actually you actually like care about the content that you're making. You yeah, know? Uh, he has a real real like maybe one for me. Or a bunch for me, one for you, kind of situation going on Eisenberg because like he was oh, in yeah. uh, the DC movies and stuff. But oh yeah, Lex. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Forgot about that. But I'll, I'm gonna blow your mind because I was uh, a season ticket holder back when he was like a high school basketball player, basically. <laughs> so in 1999, he was on uh, a TV show on Fox called Get Real, right? Uh, which was like a I don't know party of five ish ripoff uh that only lasted i think two seasons but i was uh, like obsessed with it i i still I remember i feel like i remember that maybe just because you've spoken about it i remember, I remember scenes the from the show still to, like they're seared in my brain and then immediately i saw him in uh one of my favorite movies ever called roger dodger uh that no one has seen probably but if you haven't you should see it uh and so at that point, like that was to me, that was like two back to back no hitters. I was like, I'm I'm mixing sports metaphors here. I got it. Uh, I got it. I'm with you. You know, um, and so I'm like, okay, whatever this guy does, it means I'm, two good things. If you don't know what you don't know, sports. Yeah, uh, I'm in. You know, and, uh, and then he appears in a bunch of stuff, right? Like the Squid and the Whale, right? Good movie. Forgot about that. I I never saw the Village. I know that he oh, was. I saw in. the village. I know that he was in it. I didn't even remember that he was in that movie. Like yeah. M Night Shyamalan's The Village. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then um, you know, Adventureland, like we said, Zombieland, uh, Holy Rollers. There's a bunch of other like smaller movies that I, I've. Uh, now you see me. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the first one. Anyway. Yeah. 
Actually, that's not they're even both, true. They're I both enjoy, fine. Yeah, I enjoy the second <laughs> one too. I like both of them. Um, obviously, Social Network. But then there's he does some other weird ones. Like if you haven't seen, um, as an example, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember it. He's like a uh, the double. So I don't remember that. he, well, no, I don't think most people have seen it. I just Is downloaded it. it, it. That, did that movie come out around the same time as uh, Enemy or whatever? Well, there was like two movies that yeah. came out where it was like two people playing. Them the same person twice, like, yeah, and you know. encountering themselves, yeah, yeah. Uh, it made just about as much sense as Enemy did to me as well. Hmm. Although I, I appreciate both those movies for for being weird. Um, yeah, End of Tour. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, the um, End of Tour, you said, yeah, with yeah, Jason with Jason Siegel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow. So he's st- he's done a bunch of stuff that I'm I'm uh, very appreciative of. So I'm still no matter what, if I see that he's in the movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Good movie. Check that. Yeah. Go on. Uh. Okay. What's your next question? Well. Okay. So. Uh, I mean, I think I think we're on the same page here. But love it or leave it. These like, sort of indie horror movies. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm still like, there's a lot of bad ones though. Yeah. There's bad ones. And I also am like weird when I'm not weird. I just like horror, horror is not my favorite genre in terms of just like, I feel like a lot of our friends love horror movies, just like all kinds of horror movies, like B horror movies, slasher movies. Like I tend to, as anybody that has listened to more, like a couple episodes of this podcast, know probably like things more on this end of the spectrum like this or coherence is like not even you know it's more of a thriller like it's not really like a horror movie but i like i like stuff that's like psychological or has like a like get out you know like i like stuff that has like it's more than just trying to like scare you with like violence or gore or monsters and there's like not much more to it than that right I don't have it like I, I get why they're like beloved, but yeah. like I just like so for sure this kind of like indie horror movie like I'm all for it. Like it's definitely like because uh, it's thought it's thought provoking. At the end of it, you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> okay, last one. Love it or leave it. Lack of explanations. Oh, you know I love it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Period. I like I like having to talk about things with people or have like a community experience. You know, the discussion is is good. It, it I guess if the movie is bad and there's a lack of explanation, it usually just like becomes funny. Yeah. So I so don't know. It's he, weird. I, I'm 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 also of a of a love it variety when I walk out of something and I I really have to chew on it for a while. You know, uh, I remember watching. Uh, not that there was a lack of an explanation, but. I, I remember watching Midsummer and and mm. leaving and thinking like, okay, uh, I don't know what to think of that. And then I woke it's up the horrifying. next day and I was just like, oh, I, I, what a great movie! I love it. Same with Mother, you know. Yeah. Again, there's that doesn't provide a lot of explanation. Like the explanation is that it is a, a metaphor for. Yeah, XYZ. but I don't think any of the characters ever say that. You just no. have to piece that together well, based on the... S- same with Vivarium is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it's just for like, sure. It is a metaphor for something, and you kind of have to chew on it and be like, okay, that was interesting. Uh, but not everyone loves that. And I also think that... Okay, so here's a movie that we both saw for this podcast that is in that sort of same vein, but didn't really resonate with us. Uh, what was it called? Not High Life. Was it called High Life? Yeah. The, the space French, one? The French, yeah, with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. It, yeah, good point. Yeah. It is th- in that same thing, but we both left the movie thinking like, okay. Yeah, okay. at this point, I barely remember it, which yeah. is too bad because like I remember before I saw it really wanting to see it. He raises a kid in a, in a yeah. space station. Yeah. Yeah. But like... I didn't... Maybe I just didn't understand the metaphor, but anyway, I, I'm glad that you're still of the love it capacity for for that i also like uh i think what's good about it is that it like you know like mo not that all art needs to be like this but i like that you know like popcorn movies where everything is kind of like laid out for you 
so that you can just be entertained is fine. It has its place. Yeah. But like stuff like this that it forces you to think. It's like reading. It's kind of a dumb, it sounds dumb now that I've said it out loud, but you know what I mean? Like th things that for you, it's not just like presented to you and it just like rolls off your back. Right, like you, have you're to, just like, you have to internalize it. You, ha you have to, you have to, like, even if it's not good, even if for like for better or for worse, even if you're like, I didn't like that, I hate that. The fact that you need to like think about it to understand why you don't like it forces you to like reckon with maybe the concepts in it or why you don't like it. And I think that like, we need more of that and not less because of the rate and speed at which content comes at us now and like how disposable so much stuff seems. So it's just like when things aren't explained, I think uh, it's kind of like when things are not completely finished or they don't give you the closure that maybe you're expecting. I f generally feel like that's good because it's more memorable. Right. You know, like there's TV shows that ended wrapped up with a bow and it's like, I can't even think of one right now, but I can think of things that are like, uh, you know, have like a crazy, like uh, devs, you know? Right. Or like shows where you watch it and at the end of it, you're just like, what the fuck? Like what? That's just it? Like what? But what now? Or what next? Yeah. And, you know, that kind of, I feel like that evolved into like sequel syndrome where everybody was like, oh, we can make sequels to this because it's open-ended, but you don't need to because the whole point is that like, it gives people room to like imagine and to think within the concept. So yeah, I'm all for it. Okay. If it's done well. And if it's not, then. Well, speaking of things that are, may or may not be done well, why don't you introduce our, uh, you gotta love it for the week. Oh, I wish I could do the voice from the, the sample from the song. Uh, are you gotta love it this week? I'm just gonna get right to it. It's Mortal Kombat. The 2021 version. I was waiting Woo! the entire movie to hear the song. It, it yeah. Well, it, yeah, yeah. It, it comes in at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about uh, 2020s. It's 2020, right? The movie? I think it's 2021. I think it came out early this year. Oh, the, the years are blending together, especially because of... Uh, of of covid and, and and lockdown oh yeah it must have been let 2021 me, let, let me what did you think of this movie overall like in one well i said to you off mic that i thought it was the best mortal Kombat movie to date yeah i agree uh not a high bar though um what did i think about this movie overall overall i think that the movie has a lack of identity yeah like it's confused about what it wants to be but I did appreciate the like somewhat slapsticky nature of some of it followed by the intense violence because that is actually just the game. Yeah. In a game where you have like babalities and animalities and yeah. friendships, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's I, fair. It he, captures the essence. So I, I, I put this on the you gotta love it list because I had been reading so much slander about this movie. Yep. And I was just like, wow, like I didn't really realize that like, at least by and large, people were just like, this is shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like that, it can't be that shitty. Like I remember how much hype there was for it. I so. mean, even our friends did not like it. Yeah. Uh, but here, here, the only thing that I think just to get the, the, the quote unquote bad out of the way, and I don't even think this is necessarily bad, but I think this is, this kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying about the identity thing is that. The opening sequence of this movie, I, I was like so jacked up because knowing what the game is like and knowing the history kind of of Mortal Kombat in the movies. Yeah. The movie opens with, uh, it's like feudal Japan and it's just like in this be beautiful forest and uh, sort of like a family man, like, it, you know, he's like embracing his like wife and and child and, he, and she's like oh you need to get more water from the well and then this like you know rival clan or like whatever some some mercenaries you're not really sure at this point unless you know a lot about Mortal Kombat when you see the character they come in and they slaughter everybody they slaughter like all the staff all the guards and 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 uh he like hears the screams and he runs back to his cottage or like his home to see his like wife and son 
like frozen solid and like dead and just like goes blind with rage and it just like turns into this like amazing like it feels like you're just watching like an epic like an old like a japanese you know like uh the choreography the way it's filmed everything i was like this is amazing and like he at one point he picks up like a what do you call those like a kunai or like a shuriken or whatever yeah that his wife had been using to like dig in the garden and he like ties a length of rope around it like that was his belt or something yeah and like you connect it connects in your head you're like oh it's like scorpion and he just starts wielding it like scorpion and just like killing all these guys and i was just like this is amazing but what that set me up for was that i thought i i kind of thought that like you know i saw maybe like one trailer for this movie that didn't give away that much yeah I was like, is this going to be like a quote unquote grounded version of Mortal Kombat? You know what I mean? Are they going to like try to not make it super cheesy and like try to like take these care, kind of do like a Christopher Nolan Batman thing where like, even though the rogues gallery in Batman is like outrageous, he like makes it make sense. You know what I mean? Like he makes it make like sense in a world where you're like, oh, I can like, it's not just like outrageous, like clay face and like all these crazy characters right and it felt like that's what the direction they were going i mean i know that like sub-zero is using ice but like so there's like magic in the world whatever but i was just like pumped up for that but then it almost immediately after that sequence just like shows like a title scroll that's basically just like talking about like the outer realm or outworld or you know like it, it sets up this crazy thing and then just shows you like crazy stuff like just like the the stuff that you would expect in a mortal Kombat movie and i was immediately just like oh fuck like what how can you start with such a like start so strong and then immediately just like revert to like what's been done before you know so i think the biggest problem with uh the i don't know not this movie but like all the mortal Kombat movies in general is the ip that it's based on, you know, to my point earlier about the babalities and animalities and everything. And then all of the insane characters that they've yeah. created are perfect for a fighting game because, yeah. you know, you, you've really differentiated. You have like Johnny Cage, the movie star yeah. versus like Cabal, who's just like some weird robot who can teleport. Yeah. Or uh, like uh, fucking uh, Goro or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And Reptile and just all of these characters. And so... It, it, it it's so widely varied that you know to do a grounded version of the game of the movie like sorry a grounded version of the game for the movie you'd have to like wipe out right. 90% of the characters for sure and i think that like again i i i didn't judge it too harshly <clears throat> excuse me i just like there was a subtle annoyance because it brought me up really high by giving me something kind of unexpected cuz yeah. as as you gotta love it, I'm going into love things, but I've heard so much shit about it, and I kn- I'm familiar loosely, at least from playing the games with the IP. So I went in expecting the like outer world. I can't even remember, but like the place where like you know, seeing these insane set pieces that have like giant skulls and like fucking spears and like waterfalls of blood and like you know, seeing this crazy shit and like a zombie fighting like a a rep you know that's yeah. what i expected but then they hit me with like the last samurai type i was like oh this is this is wicked and so it like completely threw a curveball a pleasant curveball and then almost just as fast just kind of like kicked me in the nuts with just like just kidding this is gonna also have and it's like a weird mix like it's like literally 50 50 there's like other sequences in the film that are like that and one of the notes i took was one of my first notes i was like oh like the effects and the choreography in this is amazing. And then almost immediately after that, I was like, oh, but there are some effects that are really bad. Right. You know? And it's just like, it, it, it's such a mixed bag of like slapstick humor and then like serious, like trying to like make you feel like feel for one of the characters or like their families. And then it goes yeah. like to a grounded, like, you know, uh, Sonya Blade like lives in a, trailer like she's just kind of like uh, ex-military just kind of like down and then like the next scene is like in some crazy cg temple like it's just like so all over the place yeah. that you're just like what what so my two biggest problems with the movie are they created a new character 
as a sort of audience stand-in. Yeah. And I'm just, there's so many characters. Yeah. That why would you need to do that? If yeah. you if you need a fish out of water sort of, you could still do the whole lineage thing, but if you needed a fish out of water sort of scenario where it's just like, hey, I live in the real world. What is all this insanity? Yeah. You know, just make the... Johnny Cage. Make, or yeah, make just, it about even Sonny Blade. Like she just like, is just like a... Well, but Johnny Cage almost makes the most sense because you, you're like, okay, here's a guy who's like maybe a budding movie star or something. Uh, and you alter the story, not so that like he is entering the tournament for fame, but it's just like he gets sucked into this whole thing. You know, maybe he thinks he's shooting a movie and then it like turns out it's like this whole insane thing. And you're like, OK. Yeah. Like kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Like at the beginning when he thinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- that would be great. I, they, they allude to him at the end of the movie that he's coming because yeah. he, he's almost one of the hardest ones to shoehorn in after the fact, I think. Uh, yeah. At, you know, the way that they set it up. And, but also... My my second biggest problem is in a movie called Mortal Kombat, they don't actually. I mean, there's fighting certainly, but like they don't actually get to the Mortal Kombat tournament. tournament. Yeah, uh, which is bizarre. But obviously, it's a, all just a prequel. Yeah, to they're plant that exactly. The actual that's movie. the problem is that, uh, and I agree. I was I I have lots of positive things to say about this movie, but I I do agree with that point where it did feel like. You know, people bitch about the MCU and superhero movies and and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things is like people are like they they don't they're like they don't stand they don't stand on their own. Like they're yeah. just making things to make sequels, which I can see. I don't. I mean, that's a conversation for another time because I think the MCU is like kind of a unique <laughs> example. But right. this is definitely a movie like that. Like the I realized like during the climax, I was just like. This movie, they won't get to the tournament. Like, it's a, literally about the quote-unquote bad guys trying to, like, preempt the tournament by killing all of the the other side's champions. Yeah. But I do think that what you were talking about with the IP, like, this was, like, the first... I, I felt like it was surprisingly coherent, as crazy as it was, what the stakes were, like, what the story is, you yeah. know? Like, even without that title card, it just became obvious that you're, you're like, okay... There's other dimensions. They're all vying for power. Some gods a long time ago made these rules where they're like, every dimension has their champions and whoever wins whatever gets control over the other dimensions. Easy. Yeah. Boom, let's go. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about the movie Mm -hmm. was Kano. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I So... I loved Kano. He's he's almost like comic relief in a way. And the entire time you're just waiting for him to like, you know, turn bad. Yeah. But even when he does, you're just like, oh, yeah, keep this guy coming. You know, he's certainly about a thousand times more charismatic than than the lead guy. Yeah. And, and hilarious. Yeah. I love they, they even the, the, some of the off camera stuff like there'd be there. Some of his lines just like uh, definitely made me chuckle out yeah. loud by myself watching this movie. Like when, when, uh, they're trying to train them to get their, uh, their abilities or whatever to like yeah. unlock their powers. Yeah. And Sonya goes to walk in and then the, and then, um, Kung Lao or one of the others is like, no, like you can't go in cause you don't have the mark. Yeah. And he just is not even directly on camera when he starts saying it. He's just like, Oh fucking whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just an asshole all the time. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. And I do think it actually, for all of its like disjointed nature, it does capture the essence of the game. Yeah. Oh, Be- and when they fight. Yeah, and so that that was my my sort of big uh, love it, if you will, is uh, the set pieces. Yeah. You, you know, uh, my favorite scene is 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 when they encounter Sub Zero in that completely frozen uh, gym. Gym. Yeah. And they're fighting. It feels like a fighting game level. Yeah. Yeah. It is spot on. Yeah. Well, I even I, I think the one part they glazed over a little bit that even though the, the tournament doesn't happen in this one, it, you know, yeah, uh, the part where again it, it really felt like a they kind of shoehorned this, but they were just like talking to uh, Raiden or whatever, and they're just like, "Can you teleport people anywhere?" And he's just like, "Yeah," and then he just teleports not only the good champions but like the bad dudes to these like quote unquote levels you know what i mean yeah. like it's like 
if that there had been a bit more of a lead up to that, I feel like that would have really like sold. But even as it was, I was just like, oh, that's cool. How like it explains like all these wacky places, like a bridge that's just got spikes below it or whatever. Right. Where, uh, like why they're fighting where they're fighting. Yeah, why they're right. fighting where they're fighting. And it's just like, I mean, it doesn't explain why they're fighting where they're fighting because like why would you don't know where these places are and why he picked that place to teleport them to, but at least it kind of like makes like a, I don't know. It gives them an excuse to be there. Yeah. And, and, and I think that like the things that we're kind of complaining about are also sort of what makes it work for me. Like with the subject matter and the IP, like they, they, it just was like a, it, if you didn't know anything about Mortal Kombat and you went to this movie, it would be very easy for you to just be like, what the fuck? But if you know anything about Mortal Kombat and you've played any of the games and you went into this movie, I feel like it's hard to, it's weird that people like really despised it because I feel like all those people that didn't like it have played the Mortal Kombat games. And it's just like, what do you mean? What more could you ask for? I think a lot of people walked into it with the same sense that you had watching the first first scene. scene. It's just like, oh, this is going to be an elevated version of Mortal Kombat. You know, it's almost as if, if they made another Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, okay, so it's not going to be the the weird Leguizamo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but this is just a, a a sort of distilled derivative of the previous Mortal Kombat movies. Really, it's like here's what we wanted to do when we made those first two. That's what it feels like to me because you know, the CGI wasn't there, the sort of um uh, even the fight, the, the the fight choreography I think is quite good in this movie. Yeah. Especially incorporating all the like crazy shit. What I think my favorite. What was your favorite Mortal Kombat moment? Like, like in terms of like the fatality, like finishing moves or whatever. Like somebody using their well, power. When he punches through the chest, it's pretty good. You yeah, know, that's, that's good. very Mortal Kombat. I think my favorite was when I can't remember the character's name, but when uh, the flying character the woman with the wings the bad guy oh yeah is like doing the shrieking thing and kung lao just goes into that trance and then takes it like takes his hat off oh and does the she, buzzsaw she flies down and he like spins it like a buzzsaw under the ground and then jumps and like lands and like rides her like through the and like cuts her in half i was yeah. just like like it was so graphic but you were just like oh that was so mortal Kombat because it didn't even like it was like a horror movie, like when he threw it into the ground and it just started spinning and makes like a buzzsaw sound. You're yeah. just like, oh, this is going to be crazy. You just yeah. know, you know. Um, yeah. I also just liked hearing the announcer's voice from time to time. Like, yeah. inexplicably, it's just, here's here's what it is. Yeah. And it, I mean, you just have to take it for what it is. You know, a lot of people will walk into, say, like a Fast and Furious movie and just decide, or, you know, me with like Aquaman or something and just decide like, Hey, I'm here for the ride. I know. I know what I'm getting into here, (laughs) you know, and just, and accept it. And I think that if you come into it with a mindset of like, okay, this is going to be completely ridiculous and off the wall and maybe a mess, but who cares? Yeah. There was some, there's definitely some like, uh, you know, I think for most people, Mortal Kombat is like, the the over the top violence is what makes it funny, right? Which is like pretty twisted, but such is the world that we live in. That's just nineties video games. Nineties <laughs> video games, one hundred percent. GTA, Carmageddon, and and there are mo- <laughs> Carmageddon. <laughs> there there are moments like the buzzsaw or the punching through that. Like there there was enough of the, like I didn't think that they overdid it. You know, it was still an event when something happened, like when. Uh, when Sub-Zero, like, freezes um, uh, Jax's arms yeah. and, like, breaks them off, you're just like, oh, that was very Mortal Kombat. But, like, you kind of saw it coming because right. you know that he has these crazy... You know that he's going to come back with these crazy arms. Right. And then when he u- then uses those arms to, like, explode that guy's head by just, like, clapping his head into, like... Again, disgusting. But, it like, even the framing of it, you're just like... It just looks like you're watching real people play or like uh, like Mortal Kombat like the video game but with real people you know right uh yeah I mean I think as many bad set pieces as there were that looked really obviously cheesy and corny and like the CG was poor there was like almost just as many this is what I mean about it being 50-50 that I thought were actually really beautiful and impressive like when they were in the desert or in the forest at the beginning or the gym like there was 
it's almost like you were we were watching an anime and you could tell what they like invested the most money into and then the rest of it was just like okay let's just like we're only gonna see jacks fighting what's his name with the hammer here for like you know 45 seconds so like whatever just like yeah it's a bridge in like some crazy other dimension that's fine don't worry about it you know yeah i keep waving the mic i don't know if my <laughs> it's okay <laughs> I'm talking a lot with my hands during this uh this episode but so yeah it was just weird like they had some actors in it that i i think you know most of the asian actors in it i think are really good actors. like i like them in like all the other stuff they're in but then they just also had some like people i'd never seen before that were not very good didn't really their lines were like some of these guys can deliver cheesy lines and you're just like, Oh yeah. And then other people deliver those same type of lines and you're just like, that was not good. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kano just... was the only one whose humor I thought was just like landing for me. You know, anybody else made a joke and I was just like, that wasn't very good. But anything Kano did, I was just like, ha ha this guy. Yeah. I think it just comes down to some people realizing what kind of movie they're in and other people, you know, not. Yeah. Fair enough. But, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed more than I didn't, I think. And I'm definitely going to watch the next one. So th- there's that. Okay. So love it or leave it. I mean, the obvious one is video game movies. Movies based, based on video game IP. Uh, I, I'm going to maybe zag on this one and say leave it. No, that's not a zag. Mine was definitely going to be leave it. I like name one good one. Do it. I mean, I don't know how much time we have left on the tape here, but... Was Prince of Persia good? I don't remember. No. So probably not. No, there's just, you can't. But the the thing that frustrates me about it is like, I guess you could make this argument for anything. You could make the argument for a book or comic book IP. But I think video games, it's like, you experience a video game in a different way than any other type of media because you are playing it. Right, so you're, you're, you're interacting. You're, you're interacting with it in a way that's different from all of these other mediums. And so, like, for me, like, Last of Us is a good example. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to watch it. I'm super interested to see what they do. Yeah. But I've been pretty vocal about, like, being annoyed that they're doing it for the last couple of years since it was an- annoyed, like, among our friends because I'm just, like... Anybody that played The Last of Us, which won like more awards than like any video game ever, and anybody that played Last of Us 2, like it is so close to like living a cinematic experience that like what is what is left other than trying to get the money of people that don't play video games, which is probably what the whole point, you know, right. but it's just like in my head, it's like it's it's weird to me that people feel like just maybe because there hasn't been one that's been good yet. It just feels like pointless, like a pointless exercise. That's kind of unnecessary. Right. Especially if what you're doing is just like remaking what exists. Like if they made a last of, if the last of us TV show, and I already know it isn't based on what's been released and who they've cast. If it was like set in the world of the last of us and they were telling a different story, Mm -hmm. then you could, people who had never played the game would have, they becoming, you know, like, they would be experiencing it for the first time. And people who had played the games and loved it would be seeing something new rather than just, you know, like I think Lucas and I played through the first Last of Us game like four times each. Right. Like I don't, I know that story. <laughs> like I, it, it just, we, I'm, I'm sure it will be good, but it's just like you're setting yourself up to like be compared to something to like half your audience. I don't know what the percentages are. And then the other half is like, it doesn't really matter. So like, why not? shoot higher i don't know it's just like a weird right and and that's why i feel like so many of them fail because like video game characters like super mario like how do you translate so many of these things to the screen in a way that's like faithful but also is something that fans of it are going to give a shit about so i think the biggest problem uh is that generally main characters of video games don't have a lot of personality because you're bringing your own personality yeah. to the games like they're stand-ins like there's full-on zelda games where link just doesn't speak yeah because you, you fill in the gaps yeah so i mean last of us is a different type of movie uh, movie excuse me different type of video game generally but most games don't really have a lot of character development because you are the character so they don't need to, to develop you. yeah well i will say that uh there's an asterisk because i feel like we should at least mention mortal Kombat. Jesus Christ. Uh, Resident Evil. 
Right. Because it has spawned an entire sort of film franchise in and of itself. Yeah. And, and, and has a deep-seated love amongst certain people. So yeah. Also, you know. they kind of... That's almost a good... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say that those movies are good for, to me. Right. But I think maybe this speaks to their success is that having played some of the Resident Evil games, I feel like what they did is exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Like, the first Resident Evil movie is like them fighting what the red queen like the computer the ai system that like runs the like umbrella like it's not the resident evil game right you know what i mean and i feel like maybe at the time people who were fans of resident evil were like what the fuck is this i wasn't that bothered but i, I definitely remember thinking like why is there like i don't remember this from the game at all i remember yeah. like the first two games and especially like raccoon city and like the police station and everything from i think that's the second one the first one's in a mansion yes correct the second one is and it's just like I feel like they pivoted and they started building their own world with nods to things from the games. But like, I don't even remember the last one I saw net, uh, not the most recent one, but it was one where like, it's like post-apocalyptic basically. Like it's like the, like they're in a desert for a lot of it. Yep. And I remember thinking like, this does not make me think of any of the games at all. I think there are two more since that one. Really? Yeah. So, so yeah, so, but like, that's like an interesting, like, it's like, yeah, like they're, they're just doing their own thing. And I think that that's like, I, so it's interesting though, cause I think that there are plans for them to converge again. I think oh, yeah. I read somewhere that, uh, in the next iteration of the movies or the game or something, like the characters are, are, are coming together. Interesting. Yeah. Because I, 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 I think that, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I think I read somewhere that like, because Mila jo- Jovovich is like calling it quits soon. They're like doing like a whole thing. Yeah, passing of the torch kind of like, uh, or like, yeah, I don't know. Or just maybe just like an homage, like uh, to, to immortalize her right in the game. But uh, anyway, okay. I don't really have any other love it or leave it, but I think video game movies are going to be uh, tough. And, and, and to, to, to sort of bring it, full circle the other way around it's very rare that you get a video game based on a movie that is yeah, good i was gonna yeah or uh, uh, yeah totally um the one last thing i'll say about the the jump from one to the other is because we were in in one of our chat groups today this came up and i was talking about it is control i would love to see control movies or tv shows but the reason that i would love to see that is because I think some games, the world building is so incredible that like they establish something that the potential to tell stories within that world mean that like you could have countless video games or countless books or whatever, you know, like you, you can explore because of the way they set it up. Like you played control. Yeah. You played control. So like Jesse, like Jesse Faden or whatever, I think that's her last name. It is the main character of the game. I, I wouldn't I would love if they made like a really high quality like Amazon Prime or fucking HBO or whatever TV show original TV show about the world of control yeah and I would even love if she was a character in it but like I don't think it needs to be a retelling of the game because of how incredible like uh, I, I'm not gonna we don't have time I'm not gonna get into what that game's about I will endlessly recommend it though if you haven't played that game you gotta you gotta play that game it's it's unbelievable but you know that's what kind of was my frustration with hearing what they're doing with last of us because last of us i feel is another example of that like they created a world where it doesn't feel like just another zombie you know apocalyptic thing like there's like so much richness in the in the world they've created and so much like air so much gray that like there's just so much potential to tell stories and it's frustrating to me that they're just choosing to tell the story that's already been told to try to bring it to a new audience because I don't know. It's just, there's just so much potential to do more than that. So, which they could do if they, you know, if it's successful, they do another season They you know, they do one season, they, they certainly could go on to do that. But I think that where a lot of adaptations fall short, it's because they either don't knock that out of the park and that's like the tack that they choose or uh, they do try to create something new and it's just not good. They right. don't do a good job of it. So it's like you got to, 
you got to be successful. You got to make something good both ways. But I think that creating something new in the space that is good is like the is has more lasting has a more lasting impact. Man, I, I'm trying to remember what it was that I watched. It was either a movie or a TV show that I watched recently that I was like, this really gives me control like vibes. Was it Fringe? No. No. It was something recent. And I was like, I, oh man, I wish I could. Uh, uh, control is amazing. I, I love talking about it. There's yeah. so much cool shit in that. In that like, ah, it's so good. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is good. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, both these movies were enjoyable in very different ways. Uh, but I'm glad to have seen them, and I'll definitely watch uh, the second Mortal Kombat. So uh, what do you got to recommend for this week? Uh, music. Uh, I don't think I recommended this on our last episode. Um, the new Hybrid record. Okay. Hybrid is a... Uh, they started as like a collective-type group of... Uh, DJs and producers from uh, Wales okay. that made like uh, breakbeats. I probably recommended one of their albums at some point before, but anyway, they uh, what made them so uh, so cool to me is that in like the late '90s, mm-hmm. when music was really starting to make an impression on me as like a teenager, <clears throat> yeah, they. Uh, they mixed it with like actual uh, like symphony orchestra. Like they would write music that they would then get performed by an orchestra and record that. And it may, it was sort of like the, my first experience hearing electronic music or dance music that incorporated like uh, a sort of like undeniable musicality. It wasn't just like my parents being like, Oh, you're listening to that like techno crap again, where it's just like, you know, a kick, like four, four, like kick drum. And then just like some synthy noises. Like it had like this beautiful depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, they released a couple albums through the late nineties, early two thousands, but then they started scoring movies and video games. And at this point they've scored ton. Like they worked on man on fire. They worked on, um, you know, mm. like big movies. They, yeah, well, I yeah. think they've worked on the Fast and Furious franchise. Okay. Like big action movies. They've done uh, soundtracks for Drive Club, like video games, a lot of racing game type type stuff mm-hmm. because they do this really fast paced, like uh, sort of new school break beats. But they always have kept that in their music where at least on their albums and not like their more dance focused, uh, like EPs or remixes, they always have like an orchestral element or like something that just kind of like adds adds more to it yeah to make it listenable and not just like i'm gonna party to this like it's like you could actually enjoy putting on one of their records right anyway that's a long-winded way of saying that i haven't really been following them for like the last couple years and like out of nowhere when i was checking the new releases uh uh, a couple fridays ago i just had an email from Bandcamp, and it was just like new release from hybrid and i went to their Bandcamp, and they just have released a whole new album yeah and i listened to the first song it blew my mind. It took me like, took me right back to like 1999, 2000. Like when I first heard them, I was just like, it sounded so new, but there's this point right at the climax before where you would have like a drop in like, you know, house or dubstep music. Yeah. But instead of it just having this drum, this like sick, like distorted guitar comes in. And I was like, yo, is this like the first time that they've used guitar this forward in their music? Cause like, it's, not the type of music that you're used to hearing guitar in. Right. Incredible. Anyway, I, uh, Bandcape Friday, beginning of August, I, I bought the record and, uh, I've just been like doing everything to it, like illustrating, painting, like just like having it on the background. It's, um, the vocals are really good. I don't really like that type of music with vocals, but like, I think they did a really good job. And I just think that if you're at all into electronic music that you should check it out. It's called actually not sure what the album is called Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's has different names depending on the platform kind of not intentionally. I think it's just like one of those weird, like mislabeling things. It might be called black halo. Okay. I'm going to look it up right now while you tell me what your recommendation is so that I can actually well, people in the right direction. First of all, I can't remember what it is that was Control-like that I watched, but uh, I'm going to recommend to you, Andrew, specifically that you watch the show The Lost Room. 
the miniseries The Lost Room because it is very much like Control. It's not the, what I was thinking of, but it is about found objects that have ridiculous like powers and, and, yeah. and um, the sort of procuring of those objects. Uh, but I'm going to recommend it. Now, this is an old game. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. Uh, by the indie developer who also created the game Super Meat Boy uh, is the game The Binding of Isaac. Oh, yeah? Very recently, uh, within the last year, they came out with... Um, I mean, there's a number of DLC, but the latest DLC adds... Uh, it makes it a whole different game, basically. It's called Repentance. And... Um, I've been marathoning my way through attempting to 100% repentance uh, or just Binding of Isaac in general. It is incredibly fun because it is a roguelike. Uh, if you've played Hades... I just started playing Hades today. No, oh, there you go. That's a great, great game. But what I like about Binding of Isaac is you... You know, it's, it's kind of based on the original sort of Zelda... Um, dungeons right so there's rooms and you, you you can pick up bombs and keys very much like zelda and each floor has a series of upgrades that you can potentially find and and put on yourself but it's randomized hmm. all the rooms are random all the floors are random the loot that you get potentially is random so every time you play the game is different and the way that the loot interacts with one another uh is sometimes um uh, unexpected. So as an example, you know, you, uh, you start, you're like a baby who shoots tears in the <laughs> game and you can get, uh, like a, you know, as an example, you can get an ability that, uh, rather than shooting tears, you like spit blood, but it, it like goes across the entire map as opposed to the tears that have a, have a range. And this is just like a, a beam that goes through everything that just like goes to the end of the map. But then, you know, on a, a next level, you can get like a tapeworm, you know, and what the tapeworm would normally do is rather than shooting your tears straight, it like shoots them in, in weird angles. But if you right. have the beam, the beam just like essentially covers the map because it, it like the right. range is like, like Gunstar Heroes. That was my favorite element of Gunstar Heroes. There was four different guns you could get. Yeah. Four projectiles that you would shoot. It was like a Contra style game. Yeah but there were two slots and you could combine any of those. So you could pick up, if you picked up a flamethrower, it was like a four flames long. But if you picked up two flamethrowers, it would be eight. Yeah. But then if you picked up a flamethrower and combined it with like a heat seeking thing, it would shoot heat seeking bursts of flame. Right. A lot of fun. Yeah. So, sure. Combining so that shit. This is like that, except uh, I should also mention that they don't tell you what things do. Oh, so you so, just have to figure it out. So you have to figure it out and then remember. And then, it's not immediately obvious always what the interactions between the stuff that you already have and this new thing is going to be. So sometimes it's completely game breaking in the best possible way. Like you literally just enter a room, hit fire and everything just dies. And sometimes it's game breaking in the most frustrating way. Mm. Like literally you are at a God tier level and then you pick up an item. And now when you fire, it just goes like, and there's there's no going back. Like can no. you, it just like you, when you swap something, you like drop the no, previous. There's no, well, so there's um, there's upgrades, and those are just like pile on top of each other, which is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there's no swapping. It's just like you have this thing, and then you add this thing to it, and then you add another thing to it, and then you add another oh, thing gotcha. to it. And then there's an active item slot. So as an example, there's like a thing called the pause button. When you use it, all the enemies freeze for a certain period of time and then start moving again. Another active item is um, uh, like a heat-seeking missile that just like shoots towards something and explodes and uh the active items recharge a certain amount of rooms completed right um and then there's consumables so like you find pills on the ground or cards and you can use them and it's a one-time use thing and it provides a single you know either an ability for a single room or it does a single thing like one of the pills will uh, it's called power pill and it turns you basically into Pac-Man. You're invincible for a certain period of time and you can just touch enemies and kill them. Uh, Sounds crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, it also, the like story and premise behind the movie, uh, the game is completely insane. I won't even get into that. I've, I've seen like the title card for it countless times on yeah. like Steam or, or PlayStation Store or something. I mean, it's like a 10-year-old game and 
a they're still coming up with content for it and people are still it's still like thriving yeah it's like yeah. don't starve yeah so anyway if you haven't played it i suggest you play it but uh yeah that's it uh i don't know what we're gonna do next week uh but we got we ha- we have lots to choose from we just haven't uh scheduled it in like we haven't locked it down locked down the schedule yet because i think i mentioned in our last episode uh we have like a number of guests that are it's just a scheduling thing at this point because like the, i they're i'm excited to do those episodes but we just haven't been able to work it out yet yeah so so who knows what's going to be on the next episode but i intend to find out yeah and don't forget that you can send us recommendations oh yeah mailbag at loveitpod.com yeah you know send us your media and let's you you never know let's might pick your episode or might pick your content for an episode and uh yeah uh anyway keep loving it (laughs) bye